0: This is Debbie Q, and you're listening to The Right Shoe. The Right Shoe is a podcast about the strange and unusual. Usually, it references true crime, but not always. I must tell you this very strange and unusual case, and it's a very good one. They're all good, but this one is particularly strange. It's the story of Alex Miller and her apartment dilemma. Gets really weird. Actually, tragic. Okay. Alex Miller was in Craigslist for a roommate. This brings me to Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, but it's also the city of getting rent for whatever you can get away with while you're renting. That's the way you do it. I know so many people that either just played this game. You know, they were constantly apartment hopping or they would just try to get like the best apartment with, I don't even know how they would do it. They would have eviction notices on their uh, credit report or report, whatever they download to check you out. They would have everything. Everything that was bad would be on there and they would get whatever apartment they wanted. Meanwhile, me... I just remember apartment hunting was really hard. I couldn't stand apartments, so I, I am definitely a house person. I just don't. I can't say that. I did like this one apartment a lot. This one apartment I lived in, it, it, it was like an apartment complex, but there was also condos in the front. So they kind of made all the apartments look like condos and they were nice and they had a pool. They had two Olympic sized pools. I never went in the one because they had the lanes. I always went in the other. Anyway, I'm getting way distracted. This is about apartment. This is how the story starts. It's called, um, I didn't know this was a term, but it's called serial squatting, where you just go from place to place, and you become a squatter, but you do it because you're using your words or you're playing games. This guy Jed Creek was trying to find an apartment, and Alex Miller was renting one on Craigslist. So he comes over, and he has a dog and a cat with him, and I think she had an animal as well. I believe she had a cat. She was like, he seems so nice. He was a little pushy, but she was, he had like a check on him. And that night they decided they were going to live together. He gives her this check, but she notices that it's, there's no, the area that should say your address is blank. It says, Her address. He, it was handwritten in there, but he just did it. He wrote it in there, and it was her address. So that's bizarre. So she thought that was weird, but she didn't say anything of it. And you know, it was. It's a real nice section that they lived in. They lived in the Chestnut Hill section of Philly, which is. It's apparently called the Garden Section. I didn't. The Garden District. I hadn't known that before. I. Seen it, but it is a real nice section of Philadelphia. It it has think like creaky floorboards and little nooks and crannies for rooms, old books. It, it, Chestnut Hill is very cool. I I like it. It is a nice section. So they're living there, and she said everything for the first week or so was fine. She said they they got along. They watched movies. One time there was like this guy over that she I guess she didn't want him there or something they she told him to leave and he he was giving her a hard time and then this guy Jed Creek came in and said you better get out of here you know he they got along they everything was working out so everything's going well and then so it was about like it said two weeks or something had went by and the the bills had come in and they were $140 either they were either 280 or 140 she had given the bill for 140 and she said this is your half of the bills." so I don't know if that was to be split or if it was already split either way he looked at her and said we can settle this in court so that's strange you just move in with this guy it's not even it's two weeks not even a month you give this bill to him and he says, we'll settle this in court. It's, it's strange. And it's, that's a very, what do you call it? You know, those are aggressive words. So a uh, hostile. So she said, well, you know, he didn't live here a month. So maybe he was just, you know, watching his back or whatever. And she let it slide, but it gave her room for pause. And she did just become a little wary after that. But then things got weirder. First of all, the guy never had a bed. He came into the place and he just had like a bunch of blankets piled up and that was his bed. You know, okay, whatever. And she comes in one day and all the lights are out of the living room. They're gone from the fixtures. And she finds that they're in his room also the chairs from the dining room table were all taken out of the dining room put in his room and made into sort of a makeshift table i would have loved to have seen this table but the chairs were gone so she's like okay i mean you know and now it's just getting irritated she still didn't really say anything i guess she was trying to keep the peace this is another thing i come back to i don't know I have to be honest, I could never have a roommate. I don't know how people do that. I, I admire it. I wish that I could, I think I could now, older in life, but when I was younger, there was no way. I was very particular and I just can't. I just can't imagine, because you don't know the person. It's hard enough to live with somebody that you know, and then you got somebody, I don't know, it just seems like it's rife for problems, you know. But I know people, It's plus you don't always have money. And if you find a good person, that would be awesome, you know. Then you think of, like, Friends or Seinfeld. But otherwise, you know, that is kind of crappy. So anyway, she's getting pissed off. And then comes the kicker. She throws a cigarette butt in the toilet. And I guess she came home and just threw the cigarette in the toilet. You know, didn't even think of it. He says to her, you're a paralegal. I guess this is what she did for a job. Don't you know about the warranty of habitability? It apparently is like a, it means that you've done something so severe that it negates rent or it negates the contract, which is ridiculous. (laughs) But I mean, it is used in court for things that are serious. I mean, like say your landlord, I don't know, there was lead paint in the wall and you told him you didn't get rid of it. I would consider that serious enough or something like that. Not a cigarette, but the only thing he had ever told her was that his family was nearby and that he was from New York City. And he was a lawyer. That's what he told her when he moved in. And he did have his dog and cat with him. So she never really checked around too much. So she, she finally tells her mom and says, y- you gotta check out this guy for me. So the mom background checks him and I'm not sure how she found this out. She found out that his name was not Jed Creek. It was Jamison Bachman and he was a serial squatter and also that he had a slew of problems with tenants or, or landlords and he would go in and one lady melissa frost who was very vocal about this said that he came in he did such horrendous things to make her crazy that when they got into a fight I guess it turned physical. Now, when you get into a fight, and I guess they either both call the cops or one of them called the cops. When the cops come, if either if whoever has a mark on them, the other person is going to get arrested. And if both of you have marks, then both of you are going to get arrested. Usually that's what happens. And that's what happened in this instance. It was a shame because he got a stay away order from her. So when she violated that, He got her, he basically was able to live in her apartment without her there, and he took her cats to a kill shelter, and then when she got out, I mean, she was a wreck, and he said to her, oh, you're a pretty girl, you'll have the life by the ball soon enough, something to this effect, this is my house now. So, he literally just about took her own house from under her, and she said she was pretty much terrified she really seems like she there was uh, several victims though so I don't know who had it worse but she was definitely the most vocal about it I can't even imagine like especially with the cats that sucks so when Alex was finding all this out she was starting to get obviously very nervous the mom came over and she said to him this is my daughter's home Jamison she made sure that he knew that she knew who he was so that was good, because she said his face did go ashen when she had said that. I mean, if you're uncomfortable in your own house, it, it's really got to be the worst stress. I've lived in apartments that were really bad. Most of the time, the one landlord was nuts. And the other time, the person, I wasn't a bad person... He just, he never slept. I I think he smoked crack, to be honest. And he just was always up sawing and building things and driving me crazy. And I felt bad. Like, I did. I really did. But he drove me nuts. And I just hated, you know, you should be able to do whatever you want. So it just sucked that we had to live above each other. Or I was above him. And it just didn't work. I I, I was bad. So when you're in your own home and you're uncomfortable, comfortable that's a real shitty way to live and she's probably going out of her mind so you know this has gone on she's getting um uh, you know she's she's starting to like check things around when he's not there and she's finding more and more about him she does go into his room at some point and she finds bullets there and she's like oh my god you know well, what it she doesn't see it gone she just sees these bullets they heard for a th- 380 caliber i believe she she this is going on and on and he's i guess tensions are just getting worse and he was doing things to disrupt her life so bad at this point that she was like i i gotta get rid of this guy i'll do anything so she has this idea that and after all these people got screwed too she realized you know you gotta get him out so she decides to have this party and she knew he hated rap music so she started blaring rap music now he goes to the bathroom all the guests that he was started screaming in his room like he was screaming at his computer or something then he goes into the bathroom and dumps this huge i don't know i guess half the bag of kitty litter in the toilet with the cat shit in it i know the toilet there's a picture i'm going to put it on the, the right shoot podcast that i will put a picture of there's plenty of them but it's disgusting so he does that in the middle of his party and then he stomps out the door which i was surprised to read that because he seemed like he must have i don't know started really snapping at that point because he seemed like he was constantly had the upper hand but this girl Whatever she did was the right thing, because she had him going nuts. He storms out of the house. Now, he comes back the next day. So, she's in the bathroom. He comes in, busts through the bathroom door, grabs her by the throat. She tries to, she's trying to get out the door. She manages to get her, her leg out, and he stabs her right in the leg. So, she calls the cops. Now, he gets arrested, and, and that's, I was surprised, like, to read that because he he was starting to lose his cool and she didn't where it seemed like the other times he always had the upper hand it was good she always managed to keep her cool so he he gets arrested he's in jail his brother harry who uh, it seemed like he, they were from a good family, and it seemed like Harry was the oldest. Harry was the firstborn. Harry was, I think, the the model child for their parents, and maybe Jamison was the second brother in both ways, the second child. And if he felt like that, and that's where that insecurity stems from. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Like he has to be miserable because when when you're when you're trying to make somebody miserable all the time, you you're miserable. Like there's something inside you're not happy. Happy people do not try to make other people miserable, and that's what it seems like. He thrived off that, so he must have had like this deep insecurity or just a lot of anger in him. So he he's arrested. He you know his brother Harry bails him out, and but. What when they were meeting him at the precinct, Alex Miller got all his stuff together. She did bring his dog to the to another person while he was in jail. A person that he didn't know, and then there there's a judge that ruled that the dog can stay with the person. I guess he figured, you know, he wasn't stable enough for a dog. Well, he was not happy. Javis and Bachman when he got out and heard this. So when they came to give him stuff at the jail, he after that was done he came up back with his car and says to her i'm gonna kill you bitch so she got him i guess everyone was there she got him on another preach of the stay away order so that was i mean she was getting him good that's for sure i i think in retrospect she said she felt guilty but i don't think she did she what else could you do this guy was just crazy so, she gives him his stuff, and because of the stay we were, he was back in jail. He was going nuts now, thinking of, he was worried about his cat. I guess he was afraid that they would take his cat, too. But his brother, uh, Harry, bails him out again. So, November 3rd, his brother is has to go. I guess, There's a grandchild who was just born, and his wife had already went to see the grandchild, and... Harry stopped home after he had bailed Jamison out. He texted his wife. Oh, guess who's here? He never texted back, but his wife said, I I knew it was, you know, obviously Jamison. Well, he never came up. He never showed up. He, it was, you know, he's supposed to see his grandchild. He's not there. So the cops go to the house. And when they go in, at first they went and they saw the car gone, and they thought, Everything was okay. They thought he went to see her. You know, he left. But when it was like hours and hours had passed, they went back to the house. I guess they broke in. There was blood everywhere. They said there was blood and glass everywhere. And in the basement door, inside the basement door, was the body of Harry Bachman. So Jamison had killed his older brother. And then he ran to a hotel down the about four miles away. They caught him in there. He supposedly went without incident. Then that's when Alex, you know, she said she felt like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. But she went to court because she wanted to see, like, you know, she 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 felt. I guess she was shocked about the brother. I I wouldn't be. They get to court. The deputy comes out and says, there there's not going to be any court. Jameson killed himself three days ago in his cell. He committed suicide. I mean, I wonder what was going on that may, he seemed like he did this often. It was his thing. I don't, that's crazy. He's dead. Alex Miller said she felt really, really guilty. You know, everyone was, it came to court, like all the people that, the victims, and they were just... They couldn't believe it. I mean, it's really... I, that part just blew my mind. Like, he must have been... He was in his 60s, so he must have been doing this his whole life. And then he comes to... This, I mean, this is it. You know, this is what his life's become. He he lost that time. You know, so for Alex Miller, hey, that was all... It was, I, I don't think that was a bad thing. I don't think it was good that he killed himself. I think that... What happened was he'd been doing this his whole life. When he killed his brother, it was November 5th. This all happened in 2017. And it seems like he was, you know, a serial squatter that was doing this his whole life. He finally met his match or he was just getting old and tired. And I believe that when people are like that, that certain way that that he just got off on making people miserable. It just got old, and then when when she gave away his dog when he was in jail, I I think that's when he cracked. It, it was obvious that he couldn't get along with humans, so he was with these you know animals. To him, probably gave him uh, the unconditional love that he sought his whole life. And then he meets this girl who you know all because of a party and some rap music. I mean, he he snapped, and they said like. I mean, you know, they they had these big banners that said, uh, "Yeah, bye, bye, Bachman." She said that she had even brought over someone to look at the apartment, and he wouldn't let her in. It was just a constant battle, something that you should not have to deal with. Period. You know, why he killed his brother? It's, oh, that's even more. I just that just hit me. So he killed his brother. That is very, very interesting. It never hit me until just now sitting here. That's what it was. His brother, his whole life, had been a thorn in his mental side. His parents probably always favored the brother because the brother probably always did what he should do. As he was growing up, he just became, you know, the shit child in his mind. And then it made him retreat further and further. And then he just took it out on other people And that's why he killed his brother, and then he killed himself. God, it really is a psychological study in madness. It really shows you how deep, when something happens, and it starts as a seed in your childhood, it affects you, like... I have to say I've been lucky in that when I was growing up, I had this, like, really... And we weren't rich by any means. We lived in a very tiny little Philly row home in Morrell Park. I mean, it's, you know, it's just this little tiny neighborhood. But it was a fun neighborhood. I had great parents. We weren't spoiled in any stretch of the imagination. When we did something badly, my dad beat the crap out of us. Not beat us, but just... You do something wrong, whack. I don't know. It was it was a really nice childhood. I, I don't remember anything horrific happening. I remember some bad times, but they really weren't within my family. It was always like you know, with kids at school or something like that. Just you know, normal kid shit. I I do notice that my friend. I know I know two girls that were molested as children. And to this day they've just never gotten over it never they've never gotten past it it they've tried they've went to counseling they went but it's still there and it still deeply affects them so when you're a child and something traumatic I mean traumatic like molestation rape severe beating you know i'm talking punches in the face like that's bad or yelling constantly like you're bad you're bad when that kind of stuff's going on that affects somebody they just can't seem to get past it where i've had shit believe me uh mostly self-inflicted but i've never had something i cannot think of anything in my past that like i couldn't get past but that's interesting. They killed his brother. Because why? He, he bailed him out of jail. Why else would he have killed him? It just hit me sitting here. So uh, that was a relatively short one. So I'm going to uh, tell you a small story. My one friend's boyfriend, Mike, who he was the same way. Like, he wasn't a bad guy. When we would go over there, he, he did a lot of drugs. And when she was with him, she did a lot of drugs. I wouldn't see her for weeks. I would be frantic, like, "Where is she? What What is she doing?" I, and she just wouldn't answer the phone. And then finally, you know, we would see her. She she looked so terrible at that time. But he was my God. Whenever he would be at a party or anything, he used to drive everyone nuts. Like he would just needle people and needle people. When you're messing with somebody so bad to the point where it's not fun anymore and everyone's uncomfortable. Like, that's an issue that you have in yourself. And he used to do that. I mean, I remember this one party I had, and he was doing it to someone, and I freaked out. And And my girlfriend comes running out, and she's like, oh, no, what did you do now? You know, because it was constant. And then, you know, I was like, whatever, you know, just stop. You know, ultimately, what happened was she did finally get away from them. And I remember after she did, it was fabulous. We used to go shopping all the time. I used to take up Franklin Mills. And and the Walmart was on the, it was in this one section. It's different now. Now there's like a super center. But at the time, it was across the street. It was a small Walmart. And there was two stores on the either side. I don't even remember their names, but they had the coolest clothes. So inexpensive. And we would go there and just shop our brains out. And I was like, you know, I will keep coming here. If Just promise me you won't get back with him. And when we were in line one time at that Walmart, he came in and he, and my daughter was little at the time. And he had given me like all these CDs, Tinkerbell movies. And he was like, oh, you know, he, he thought that she was going to get back with him and she never did. And when he finally realized that, because I think she was the one person that put up with him the longest, in 2011, I want to say, his brother walked into the apartment where he lived, and it was like some small one-room apartment. His birthday had passed, and they were like, something's wrong because Mike would have called us. He always called us on his birthday. Two weeks after they found him, Two weeks after his birthday, they walked into the apartment and they found him dead in his bed and his body had been there for two weeks and he was bloated and like his, you know, his brother obviously freaked out. I remember my girlfriend said to me, Deb, I hate that he died like that. Like, even though all that shit happened and, you know, she's what he did to her and all that. She still said like he was always afraid to die alone, and that's it. that's how he died. Nobody even knew for two weeks. and that's sad. It is. I that guy, Jamison Bachman, reminded me of Mike. I don't think Mike was as severe as Jamison was, but I don't know. He was pretty bad, and he used to do that shit with the rent all the time, constantly, you know, this is wrong, I'm not paying the rent, and he would go to court and he'd win every single time. And I used to say, and then he'd get these kick-ass apartments. I'm like, how are you getting these apartments? Yeah, it was amazing to me. Some people just have that, you know, gift to gab, the charisma. So that that's what that story reminded me of. Next week, this one took me a little longer because I actually got to go to the beach. So I but I have been working on Joey Coyle, and he is a true Philadelphia story. I mean, I when I was a kid, I used to always hear his name. I didn't know who he was, but I knew he lived in South Philly, and I knew something happened to him because I heard his name. That one might be coming out a little quicker because I have I already know this story. I, I just got a few like books just to like get some of the details that I wasn't sure of. So that was the story of Jamison Bachman. It, it, when I had first read that, it was on this, like, tiny little calendar. It's the calendar of crime, and each day there's, like, another story. You know, just a little blurb. As soon as I saw the little blurb, it was literally five sentences long, and I was like, I gotta read into this. And I could not believe it. I thought, oh, my God, what a crazy story. So that's back-to-back to Philadelphia Guys. And this is Debbie Q and you're listening to The Right Shoe.